Welcome back, everybody. We're so excited to be here today. Welcome to Watching Up. I'm Michelle. I'm Rachel. And we're back discussing all things film, movie, TV, pop culture. And Get into just it. Anything you ever wanted to talk about with your Taurus sister? That's what this podcast is. That's what we're here for. (laughs) That's what we're here for. How are you, sis? Um, Well, as you can probably hear, I sound (laughs) a little stuffed up. Um, I have horrible allergies. I'm not sick, thankfully. It's just... I get these allergies anytime that there's like a drastic like change in climate or something. I've started to... In the last few years, I've just been getting just allergy attack. So <laughs> not <all>. attacks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling less than 100, but we're here. Yeah, I feel yeah. It's like anytime it goes from like hot to cold, it's like a tickle in your throat. Yeah. And that's well, when I mean, you for know me, it's, it's just a tickle. And then <laughs> I think for a lot of people, it's worse than a tickle. But I feel like Texas is like the queen of yeah. Weather that can't make up its mind and <laughs> wants to make you sick. <laughs> yeah, literally. I It does start as a tickle, but then it can either go away or it'll blossom into something more. <laughs> it'll blossom into something you could never have dreamed. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's what has happened this Congratulations. <laughs> but we've got our tea, so yeah. we're soothing our throats. I'll be sipping. I'll probably also be muting myself a lot if I have to sneeze or cough or whatever. sipping. Sip, sip. So how was your Easter weekend? My Easter weekend was good. I spent it in San Antonio with our parents. Mm -hmm. Um, I just went in for the night on Saturday and then mom had some of the family over on Sunday and we just like chilled and ate food and had, you know, some kids, they did like a Easter egg hunt that wasn't very <laughs> eventful because <laughs> I just hid them in very obvious places. But and the kids are like 13. They're like 13. Now. It's like the <laughs> youngest one. So it's yeah. like not hard. <laughs> it's not hard. And it might have been the last year we do Easter egg hunt. So <laughs> whatever. Uh, <laughs> But you yeah, did the best you could with, with what you were given, I'm sure. <laughs> exactly. I just did it to make mom happy. <laughs> I'm sure she loved it. <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, we just kind of hung out. I got to see some friends while I was in town, so that was nice. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, it was pretty chill. How was your yeah. Easter weekend? It was it was really chill. Like this was honestly probably one of the best Easter's I've ever had <laughs> just because we did like nothing, no pressure. Yeah. We stayed home. Saturday we like went to look for some furniture cuz our house is still not fully furnished, but mm-hmm. we didn't get anything. And there's like a lot of painting I still want to do, so we went and got more paint supplies and started on another room. Mm-hmm. on Saturday. So it always feels good to like start on a new project and like get things going and it's looking good. Yeah. And then Sunday we just I I planned to like be at home, so I made a quiche. I made a little orange cake that I found at Trader Joe's and I made mimosas and 
Neek set up like this bed that I got and we just chilled and it was so fun and we had our own little Easter and we played Trivial Pursuit and I won. I mean, obviously. (laughs) He almost (laughs) caught up though. Like I was so far ahead Mm -hmm. and the thing with Trivial Pursuit is like when you have like one little piece of the pie left on your thing. Mm-hmm. You like keep missing that square over and over yeah. again. And so while I kept like missing it, he would like get another one. And so he only was like one behind me when I finally got it. That was a close one. I couldn't come back to the pod <laughs> having lost a trivia game. Literally. <laughs> but luckily yeah. that didn't happen. Well, that's fun. That sounds yeah. like some good eats. Yeah, I'd never made a quiche before and it was turned out good mm, a lot of cream a lot of cream really <laughs> i didn't really know what went into a quiche and i was like oh it's a lot of half and half <laughs> okay. 75 grams of half yeah half. yeah it's just milk eggs and <laughs> seasonings <laughs> seasonings and veggies bacon yeah bacon chives i made a quiche lorraine so it was like bacon chives um what do you call those not onions the little onions. Shallots. Shallots. Are um, you, are you, uh, what's your name? Coppola or Mars? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I'm, I was pulling a Sophia Coppola's daughter. It's like, what is a shallot? <laughs> I didn't know <laughs> what's garlic. What's garlic? garlic? Like. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. No, it was fun. I like low key, no pressure. Even yeah. my husband was like, I feel like this was like the first Easter where I didn't have anxiety because he used to have to like go to church and like say a speech on Easter. And so he'd always Jeez. be like scared. Church is bad enough, let alone having to get a speech. He's like, I didn't have to say an Easter speech and I got mimosas. I'm good. Yeah. Oh my so, gosh. Yeah. There's yeah. usually always like a lot of. Just, I don't know, a lot of hubbub surrounding Easter. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I still I still yeah. put on an Easter dress. I was like, I'm going to wear my little frock and I'm going to make a quiche. <laughs> Cute. That's what I did. That's fun. Yeah. I love it. And I, actually I did, love it too. And I love it too. <laughs> I actually did not cook anything for this Easter, surprisingly, because I usually cook something yeah, that's, that's your <laughs> for <thing>. the gatherings. <laughs> um, but I've been cooking a lot at home too. I've just been like trying to, I've been trying to like, I've always been like very interested in just kind of like wellness vibes, like the wellness space a little bit mm-hmm. kind of. And, uh, the past couple of years, I've been particularly interested in like trying to find creative ways to like get nutrients from my food rather than like supplements and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so I've just been kind of like coming up with <laughs> concoctions that can like pack in as much as many vitamins and stuff as I can. So, I and I, I've specifically with. been trying to like up my protein from for getting protein from what I cook at home because I've talked about before how I don't really like to cook with meat. So it's kind of an extra hurdle to jump over, but Mm -hmm. I kind of like that, like having a challenge (laughs) to find ways to like incorporate protein and um, without using meat. So what did you find? Well, I've been, um, this week I cooked, like I made these like, uh, 
I'm I'm gluten free, so I bought these like gluten free little gnocchi things from the store that um, are like high in fiber. Um, and then I made this like creamy pesto sun-dried tomato sauce that I've made before, but this mm-hmm. time I made it um, higher protein by subbing like the heavy cream. I subbed it with like a mixture of cottage cheese blended with um, coconut milk. Mm-hmm. And so I used that instead of cream and it kind of just like... Yeah, I like cottage cheese for that. Yeah. And then I, gra- I ground up... protein. Mm-hmm. I ground up some flax seeds to get some more fiber and like omega threes and and just put that in there. It's basically like tasteless, so can't really tell the difference. But mm-hmm. yeah, just little things like that. I don't know. It's kind of fun. <laughs> My little health guru. I'm like the opposite. I'm like, oh, can I make it in 20 minutes? I don't care what's in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I mean, should. don't get me wrong. There's some days where I'm like that as well. But, <laughs> but I should. But I sometimes I feel like I get overwhelmed when I get too into the weeds with stuff. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, then I kind of get like paranoid in my head. Is everything I'm eating like slowly killing me? And then I'm like, yeah. okay, I can't think about this too much. Like I just need to I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's something I think about all the time because I feel like everything is killing us. Like that's why it's so hard to get the nutrients you need is because like the soil is so depleted these days. And it's like mm-hmm. just like overproduction and processing and all of that kind of stuff. I had a friend tell me the other day that like sunscreens are like disrupting our hormone production or something. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, so wait, should I not wear sunscreen and just let the sun fry me to a crisp? What the heck are we supposed to do? (laughs) And then I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't. Like, it literally is like at a certain once point you, fi- you just I told can't. her yeah I was like I want you find the perfect sunscreen let me know but I'm until then I'm not going to worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well there's always it's like there's always going to be conflicting information and mm-hmm. it's just like you're never going to win no matter what. So it's like I guess you kind of just have to pick your battles. Right, you have to pick point. what's most important to you personally mm-hmm. and it's not going to be the same for everybody obviously. Yeah, everyone has different struggles in life. Yeah, everyone's literally everybody's body is so different and responds to things so differently. So there's no one size fits all for anything, unfortunately. <laughs> Absolutely not. There's not. Um. Okay. Well, we can dive right in to some stuff we've been watching over the week. Um. I have Love Is Blind on here. We can. I mean, I know we talk about it like every week, but we. Yeah. I did find out they do drop on Fridays. Yeah, I found that out too. <laughs> so now we know when it's coming. And I'm like, I watched it on Friday, like after it dropped, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I need to not watch these as soon as they drop because then I forget everything that happens by the time we record. yeah it was a trip um what happened was that was were these the group of episodes where they showed like Kwame and Chelsea's like engagement sexy photo shoot yes so it opened I do remember that it opened with Kwame and Chelsea shopping like in a store that apparently only sold clothes that were black (laughs) yeah and he was like she was like how do you like these pants and he was like he said like a compliment something he was like you look lit or like some sort of like slang that meant 
good. Oh yeah, that's t- like something good. And she was like, you could just tell me I look beautiful. <laughs> yeah, but also he clearly it was like cloaked in attitude from him. <laughs> and so yeah, he was just know. saying it because he felt like he had to. I just don't understand sometimes. Maybe I do understand, but also if I see it from the outside, I'm like, girl, how can you not tell that he, do- yeah. he doesn't like you? She's so in denial and she's yeah. like, tra- she's pushing so hard. I mean, I don't know, just <laughs> just trying to like make him into the person she like thinks he is or like yeah. he is in her mind. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I feel and- bad for her. I don't know. I do too, but I think I might have seen a spoiler on Twitter, so I'm not going to say anything. But um, okay. don't say it. We'll wait until next week. But there was a so they had a, an engagement photo shoot, but it was like a mm-hmm. boudoir photo shoot, <laughs> and she was like, Klein. "I've literally <laughs> dreamt dreamt about this since I was a kid or something," and I was like, yeah. "What?" I was like, "Why?" Why? <laughs> You were dreaming about being in Calvin Klein neon underwear. Yeah, in a neon yellow. Shirt. I was like, that is a choice. <laughs> yeah, why, why not the just yellow? classic white? Yeah, or black. I don't like know. that somehow just like took it to another level of not good. I was like, stop. Yeah, I was but, like, what is happening? I mean, yeah. they both looked great. So I mean, good they for looked them, great, obviously. <laughs> but I was just like, so are you gonna like print these out and send them out? <laughs> It's like, what do you mean this is an engagement shoot? I don't know. I like when I was a kid, I was I didn't even know what a boudoir photo shoot was. So she's like, I cannot wait. I cannot wait till one day. Ooh, my ultimate dream. I've got my yellow Calvin Kleins already picked out. Starlight, so starlight. <laughs> and then, like, the episode ended at their wedding, like, the cliffhanger. Like, yeah, the, three, the group of episodes, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was obsessed with his sister and his brother. Yeah, his They're, sister was really cool. They seemed so nice. Yeah, they were really nice. And I liked that scene where his sister went to see her, like, before the wedding. That was really mm-hmm. sweet. She was like crying. But Chelsea's earring choice. I know. He's like, I just no. I didn't even know what was happening. <laughs> I was like, those look straight from like Shein. Like yeah. I don't know what's going on with the earrings. Yeah, and she was also wearing like a necklace that I felt like wasn't necessary. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I feel like I her hair like it wasn't like a style that I would have chosen, but I do think it would have looked better without like all the accoutrement like surrounding it less Um, is more I feel yeah and she was also in the one-on-ones like during the her getting ready for the wedding um Mm -hmm. she was wearing these other earrings that that were even bigger and I was like well I'm glad she didn't wear those because they were like gigantic (sighs) yeah yeah I was very confused by the earring choice yeah. But, so I guess um, we'll see Friday what Kwame says. I know. Yes and I know no. that they always do this, but like, you know, in the moment, I'm kind of like, I could see him saying yes, <laughs> even though yeah. everything else leading up to it has pointed to no. Well, yeah, so. I could. Yeah. Even if he does say yes, I just don't see it working out long term, to be fair. No. Has anyone gotten divorced from the show? People. 
Or have they just, like, separated, quote-unquote? I don't remember. Well, I was trying to remember if anyone in season one, like, said yes and then split up. What Didn't that one couple – I can't remember their names. But she was, like, in her 30s, like, a little older and – I thought they got married and then ended up getting oh, divorced. The blonde girl with Mark. No, she no, was no, like no. obsessed with the fact that she no, was the, him. No, the <laughs> no, not her. The other <laughs> girl. There was another girl. Man, she was like the remember. least me- memorable one. <laughs> okay. Oh, but, was um, she like really short and like petite? Yeah, I think I know of. who you're talking about. I, I kind of I remember, remember them getting married, but okay. So season two, I remember we were talking about in. A previous episode, we were like trying to remember all the first couples that got engaged from each mm-hmm. season because they're usually the ones that last. Yeah. And season two was that couple Danielle and Nick. Do you remember them? Yeah. She had like really they, dark hair. They got divorced. They got divorced. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. I couldn't yeah. remember. Well, I couldn't remember really anything. <laughs> I was like, I did remember. they get married? Are they still together? Did they break up? I can't but- remember anything ever. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, they got divorced. That answers that question. My, like, what do you call it? Like, hanging on to information? Retention. I can't even think of the word. (laughs) My retention has, like, gone, like, sharply downhill. Yeah. Like, I remember when I was younger, I would, I was like a sponge. I would, like, hang on to everything. (laughs) And I could recall everything really quickly. And I'm like, what kind of, like, this is your next research of wellness. What kind of brain <laughs> supplements do I need? Because yeah. my brain is not functioning in the way yeah. that it used to. I need something too. I literally, yeah, I used to have like like a crazy memory. And I can still remember like specific situations from like my childhood, like specific conversations and stuff. But like mm-hmm. anything new that enters my brain, I'm like, I can't yeah. remember it. Agreed. All right. But, who else? Um so, oh, Jackie. Jacqueline. The controversy of the whole show. Oh, God. She. I don't even really want to talk about off. her because she's like so bad. Terrible. There is no, there's no world in which she should have been on this show. No. <laughs> I was like, you're. I was like, you know what you signed up for, right? Like, she was just kind of like, I, it's too much pressure. Like, I might want to be with Josh, but I don't know. And I'm like, you, yeah, I don't know. I was like, you just shouldn't have signed up for this Did show. you see the her text that got leaked? Oh, I didn't see her text, but I saw a statement she came out with. Okay, so there was like some somebody leaked like a screenshots of like a group text she was in and she was like inviting people to her bachelorette party Mm -hmm. but already saying that she was with josh Um. and like she was like this is my man and it was like a picture and then she was like can y'all make it to my bachelorette party okay and then she like suggested that she thought that um Marshall might be gay in like some really like homophobic like ways like in the text and I'm just like you're just a mean like you're just a bad person like yeah just because somebody's like a different personality type than you're used to doesn't mean like he's literally just a decent guy yeah like clearly is not within like the realm yeah, of what she's used to. Right. Like sexuality aside, I'm just like he was he was just being himself and like 
being yeah. nice to you. Like, I don't know, like, why you would. Right. I don't know. That's so, so weird. I don't like that at all. Yeah. Um. So was it, did it seem like she was trying, like, when she was inviting them to the bachelorette party, did she think she was going to be staying on the show, but with Josh or? So she said something to the effect of, like, we've got to, like, stretch it out or something like she has to like stay with Marshall to like keep Mm. up appearances to like get content for the show but she actually likes Josh amazing (laughs) and whoever was her friend that like leaked those texts is like like, okay um oh yeah I saw that she did come out with a statement just saying like um because they show they splice like her coffee date with Josh make making it look like it was during the time when she was supposed to be getting her dress fitting but she mm-hmm. came out and like clarified that she had broken up with Marshall before she met up with Josh which is such a small detail like but it, it doesn't also really matter. doesn't make sense because in the conversation with Marshall she says she was just with Josh yeah I don't know. <laughs> so I'm like, I, I think you're lying. <laughs> I mean, maybe that specific coffee date was after, but she met up with him before or something. I maybe. don't know. But also, like, the timing of the text, like, makes it seem like she, like, had already decided to, like, forge something with Josh. Mm-hmm. So I just don't believe anything she says at this point. Yeah. Super um, shitty. Yeah. Sucks. Marshall deserves way Go better. Go work on yourself, Jacqueline. Jacqueline. We don't need your together. vibes around here. <laughs> your toxicity. We don't need that. <laughs> um, okay, who else? Micah and yeah. Paul. Yeah, so what <laughs> I thought was interesting was we find out that she has, like, a place in Scottsdale, apparently. Uh-huh. Which I'm like, are all of these people, like, not living in the same place or like what's going on because I don't know she made it seem like she has a place in both Seattle and Scottsdale which I'm like are you rich yeah but also (laughs) she was like would you move to Scottsdale and I'm like I think she like likes it better there but I don't know yeah but the part part of what I liked so much about this show is that like it's more realistic because everyone lives in the same place so they remove that hurdle from like the possibility of being a kind of potential roadblock or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, well, if you're going to take away that piece, then it's going to get a whole lot um, kind of less realistic, I guess. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't really get the vibes that she likes him that much either. I know. Which is terrible because he seems really nice. He does I seem like nice. Marshall. I like Paul. And I like Brett. Brett. Yeah, those are the three best ones. They're good. They're good guys, I think. I, think I don't know. I mean, I've only seen a small snippet of them on TV. But I know. My gut tells me they're not monsters. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah, they've, they all, all three of them seem really nice. And mm-hmm. they deserve better than they're probably going to get. And I like Zach, too. I, like, I actually don't mind Zach. He's, I probably wouldn't be friends with him in real life, yeah. but he seems, like, nice. He seems like a, a good guy. 
And I never, I didn't realize until I saw pictures that someone posted how much he looks like a property brother. Yeah, he really does. I was just like, oh my god! Like it's like the face, like the middle <laughs> fa- part of their face, like copied and pasted. It's all onto. the same. <laughs> They're triplets. <laughs> he should have a show that's like the other property brother. And he yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, they met Bliss's, both of Bliss's parents. Oh, yeah. Her, her dad mom seems rough. awesome and her dad sucks. Her dad was <laughs> rough. Seems like an asshole. Yeah, I didn't even understand. Like, I understand his reservations, obviously. But like when even when like Zach was just trying to talk to him and he was like explaining something about his job and he was like, I don't really have any opinion about that. And I'm like, yeah. you can't, like, hold a conversation with somebody. Right. <laughs> like, he was, like, not even worth – really. he was not even willing to try. Yeah. Don't like um, that attitude. Yeah, same. Yeah, but I was I, – I think Bliss seems like a really, like, cool, confident, like, self-assured person. Mm-hmm. Um, someone post like, – yeah, someone posted a clip of her saying, like, something to her dad, like – I hear you, like, but, like, I'm going to, like, I'm going to make the right decision for myself at the end of the day. And they were, like, she's done some serious therapy, like, to yeah, be able to, like, no, say that real. to your dad. The way that she kind of, like, stood up for herself, um, I thought was really, like, satisfying to watch, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, I like that she didn't, she, like, held her ground. Um, but also I'm, like, are you sure you're not going to be ending up getting divorced after this? Because this is yeah, a little she's risky. Like, she's like, divorce is one thing that I would never. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, but you're really putting yourself in a situation where it might so, be more realistic <laughs> to happen by doing yeah. this. 20-day so, engagement. <laughs> I could see them, though, like getting to the altar and doing like a we're not getting married, but we'll mm-hmm. stay together type situation. Yeah, I agree. Hasn't someone done that before? Oh, that's did I guess Raven? what Raven and yeah SK did. SK. But then he, we all know how well, bad she made he the ended. right decision. <laughs> yeah, she did for sure. And they also met his sister and aunt and cousin. I think mm-hmm. um, they, they were nice. They were nice. like, "We love her." Yeah, like she was sitting right there. <laughs> they were like, "We love her." <laughs> Yeah, it was cute. <laughs> um, so yeah, they'll definitely uh, be going. Oh, and they all went dress shopping. Yeah. Um, except for- surprisingly, I think, I mean, none of them were like what I would have chosen, but I think Micah's was like closest to what I would have chosen. Yeah, I liked Micah's. It was simple. And yeah. the, for with the previews for the weddings, the weddings look a lot better than the past season weddings. Yeah. Like a better budget <laughs> for yeah. like florals and stuff. Thankfully. <laughs> Honestly, if I was on that show, I would just like say no and be like, let's stay together and like do our own wedding. That's yeah, because the this. weddings are, uh-uh. especially on good. the first season, they were in like draped like conference rooms. Yeah, like they looked so it was bad. Horrific. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the officiants are always like kind of weird. Like yeah, the like, way who that they are say you? stuff. <laughs> are you a producer of the show? <laughs> do you work in the. On the crew. Um, <laughs> so I guess this week will be like the final episodes. I think what so. What drops this week? 
Yeah, and then we'll probably get a reunion later on. In the previews, they keep making it seem like something happens between Brett and Tiffany, and I'm like, don't play don't with, even my toy with my emotions. <laughs> I know, they're probably just like digging for whatever <laughs> they can make look like controversy in yeah, their relationship because there's nothing. They're so they're solid. They're perfect. They're perfect. I love them. All right. Well, more on that to come. Yeah. Next so, week. do you think SK is going to say yes or no? I'm not SK. Kwame <laughs> is going to say um, yes or no. Well, that was the spoiler I saw. So, I guess oh, I, shouldn't, say it. I shouldn't. I shouldn't okay, say. I'll guess then. Um, <laughs> I think he's going to say no. I'm trying to have like zero <laughs> no reaction. reaction to whatever okay. you say. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> okay. So, oh, so you watched Pretty Baby Brooke Shields documentary, yes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So did me and Neek. I was riveted. I wish it was know, longer. It was, so it was only good. two episodes. Um, so basically, this is a documentary that Brooke Shields worked on. Um, She was a part of it. And it's kind of about her career, how she got her start like as a child and kind of some of the more um, controversial aspects of working as a child in the industry and what what she went through and like all that. It was very, very well done, I thought. Um, What stood out to you about her story? I was super interested by... Just, like, in general, like, the relationship that she had with her mom mm-hmm. and the way that – I guess I didn't really realize that she was truly basically famous from the time she was a baby. Like, she grew up famous. She never knew, a war- like, a life where she wasn't recognizable or something right. like that, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. And just, yeah, like I said, the relationship with her mom and kind of how she really gave her – everything that she got but she was also like very kind of unstable and there was like a lot of alcoholism in the home and like there were times when she was scared of her mom but also just like really it seemed like they had like a good relationship for Mm -hmm. a lot of the time so I thought that was really interesting yeah I thought it was really interesting how they kind of talked about her some of her work when she was a kid and like all the controversy surrounding it and like whether or not those things were right or wrong or and it wasn't like to me it wasn't like black and white like yeah she wasn't saying like I was exploited I was this but she also wasn't saying it was right it was kind of like her working through some of those things like Basically, she was in this movie when she was, I think, 11, where she played a prostitute in, like, 1930s Louisiana in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. And it was, like, this director who's, like, widely respected European director. And it was more of, like, an art house film, I guess you would say. And Mm -hmm. something that maybe in Europe or in other countries wouldn't, like, they wouldn't really bat an eye at, stuff like that. But here it's kind of, like so shocking to like Mm -hmm. see like a child portrayed in that way and 
Yeah, even at the end of the movie, at the end of the documentary, they were like talking about it at the table with her daughters and her daughters are now like, I think like 17 and 19. And like, she was like, but why is that wrong? Like, why, if this is Mm -hmm. a movie, this is art, this is like saying something, like it's not like endorsing these things that happened. It's just portraying how it was like in the day or whatever. And so I just thought it was like really nuanced how it like kind of talked about that kind of stuff because I don't really think there is a right answer either. (laughs) Right. No, totally. I thought that was super interesting too. And yeah, like the way you said that she was kind of like working through it herself in real Mm -hmm. time because it seemed like she was kind of asking herself like, do I have like feelings of this being wrong just because I've been told as the years go on that it's wrong or Mm -hmm. like like she she said that she was like never really felt unsafe or like anything like that so she doesn't look back on it and is like embarrassed about it or like traumatized or anything but then in the same breath she's like would I let my daughters do that absolutely not no so it's kind of like Oh, okay, like what, where is the line? And is it really just up to like that child's parent to decide that? Or like, mm-hmm. like how, like, cause at 11, you can't really consent to your image being used in that way. Right. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know. I guess it's safer to just not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but at the yeah. end of the day, that's like, how do you censor art like that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, but- they're totally right that it would never happen today. Like, if that happened, like, everyone involved would, like, immediately be canceled. Mm-hmm. Even if it was, like, a totally safe environment and, like, the parents were okay with it, you mm-hmm. know? So. And I thought it was, they talked about Blue Lagoon, too. And, like, that movie was so, like, <laughs> I remember watching that movie at one of my friend's house, like, after school. Really? And, like, her parents, like, weren't, like back from work yet and we were kind of like doing it like secretly and like just like just like learning so much from it just being like what like you know and like it's just that that type of thing where it's like how else are sheltered kids supposed to like learn about like this kind of stuff like you know yeah and that's how I think that's how she described it too it was like the movie that it's like the one movie that like addresses these things that like your parents would actually like some parents would actually allow their kids to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've never seen it, so I don't know exactly how. And I in some ways, it things. seems so strange that maybe we've gone like backwards in like being so like closed off and like secretive about mm-hmm. like sex and stuff like that like in some ways it's like worse in some ways it's like more like I don't know it's it's weird because like yeah that that conversation she had with her kids too at the table she was like well you post like half naked pictures of yourself on Instagram like every day and they're like but that's me doing it like yeah I choose to do that so it it was just a really interesting conversation and I I I liked all the like twists and turns it took because at the end of it I wasn't like firmly on one side or the other right there were a couple thing other things that stood out to me like um when she had her first baby and she came out and talked about postpartum depression and then tom cruise like said something about like how she shouldn't be on antidepressants and like she's like making it up in her head that she's depressed or something like on tv (laughs) tom cruise can 
fuck off. Like I was livid. Talking to (laughs) Matt Lauer, no less. I was, yeah, I was like, what the hell is he talking about? Like that was insane. Pushing his Scientology agenda. Totally, totally. (laughs) And I know he like apologized later, but I'm like, no, like I just, I don't understand the. How do you ever how much think that you have a place? How much you have to think yeah. of yourself, yes, to like go and speak on somebody else's experience and say they're not doing the right thing or they're not actually feeling what they're feeling or they're not experiencing something that they're experiencing like bizarre. Yeah. Absolutely bizarre. <laughs> out of nowhere. Like no one asked for your opinion, sir. Maybe no. Balauer did, but I don't know. <laughs> And I've been on, like, Tom Cruise's case for a long time, but after I saw that, I was like, (laughs) you and your middle tooth can fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Your middle face, too. (laughs) Not saying I didn't love Top Gun Maverick, but you and your tooth need to go get help. And, like, you need to, like, at this point, it's not enough to just not talk about Scientology, I feel like. Like, you need to, like, go the Leah. Leah Remini route and like actually come out and talk against it which yeah I know he'll never do because they would probably make his life a living hell but did he leave it I don't think so oh. I don't think he talks about it anymore or I don't mm-hmm. think he's like active but I don't think he's ever gonna like come out against it because yeah I bet they yeah. have too much shit on him like They're scary <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh, yeah, that part where I was like, oh, my God, you need to shut your mouth right now. Yeah, that made me livid. Um, What else? Another thing that stood out to me was just uh, I just thought it was interesting to like hear about her relationship with Andre Agassi because I knew that they were together, but I never really gave it much thought like I was never like I wonder what Brooke Shields and Andre Agassi's like, I didn't relationship even I don't even like. think I like realized that they were married like I I think I w- it was probably like 90s era like yeah. I think I was like a little young to like really follow all that but uh the f- story about how he um she was a she did a guest spot on friends and she was like a crazy character and she like (laughs) licked joey's hand because she was like obsessed with him and then afterwards they went back to their house and he like smashed all of his trophies (laughs) (laughs) because she was on friends and licked joey's hand i was like he was like everyone backstage was making fun of me I was like, oh my god. I was like, men are not okay. Men like, are not okay. Someone <laughs> check on men. <laughs> literally, Andre Agassi, like, he needs to All of his wim- oh like his Wimbledon gosh. trophy, like <laughs> so <laughs> pathetic. Like, that was the most pathetic story I'd ever heard. I was like, he should be embarrassed because that is fucking pathetic. I hope he is. <laughs> oh yeah. I thought that was kind of funny and not funny, but like interesting, and just the way that she talked about him being like kind of controlling, but sh- she was kind of used to it, I guess, at that mm-hmm. point. Like, she went from being controlled by her mom to being controlled by him, so it wasn't like you know, she was none the wiser, I guess. But yeah. she's just so like, she seems like she's so healthy and like well adjusted, and I'm just mm-hmm. like. That's impressive that someone who literally spent their entire life like in the spotlight is able to just absorb these things and kind of, yeah, uh, I don't know, kind of come out 
having learned from them. Yeah. It also, I was impressed because it, I, I'm not a, like a expert at this, but it didn't seem to me like she had done many like cosmetic surgeries or like gotten mm-hmm. any fillers. Like she's like not hanging on to like her youth in a way that yeah. I feel like a lot of people try to. And I think that goes along with like a lot of the themes of her life of like never feeling like she was taken seriously just because of the way she looked, like having to go to Stanford or where did she go? Princeton, I think. Princeton. And like having to try to prove herself. And I think like she's very like willing and ready. Not that she doesn't look beautiful. She does. But like to let go of like that part of her life in like in pursuit of like a new chapter. So I thought that was really inspiring to me. Right. Yeah. I I agree. That was super inspiring. And yeah, just like imagine never having an awkward face <laughs> I know also, just like, imagine I don't know like makeup people I could talk about this more later when we talk about air but like makeup in the 80s I feel like wasn't like as advanced as it is now and she just always looked so like perfect like yeah with the makeup and I know she had like the best makeup artist but I'm always like usually when I see people wearing makeup in the 80s I'm like ooh that's a choice like you know yeah. but like she just like always looked so natural and like yeah perfect she like pull, she could carry it off yeah Ugh. and then when they showed her as a baby I was like that literally is the most beautiful baby I've ever seen like what the <laughs> hell yeah. like she had the eyebrows even as a baby yeah I do think <laughs> it's kind of, I had the same thought like she was a very cute baby but also like I think with the rise of social media and the internet and just like having access to pictures of people's children I like mm-hmm. I saw her and I was like I mean I feel like I know a lot of kids that are that cute like you know oh, like really? yeah I, I just didn't like I don't think there would ever be like a baby that like rises to that level of fame today just because I think we're so you inundated <laughs> with pictures of cute babies like you know yeah so yeah totally um I just thought it was interesting because usually I mean just like speaking generally like there's been cute babies that like grow up to be like not as cute as you thought they were gonna be and then there's been like ugly babies who like grow up to be the most beautiful people and it's just like it's kind of I guess I've never really seen it be like a beautiful baby grows up to be a beautiful teenager and a beautiful woman and it's just like yeah it's just like kind kind of rare in that way yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) um but yeah, very a lot of interesting tidbits. And she was saying that like her obviously her mom and her like kept all of her archives and so they had I it seemed like they just had like endless kind of material to work with as far as like visual aids mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So it made for like a really good documentary. Yeah. So we recommend it. Mhm. That's Pretty Baby Brook Shields on Hulu. All right. Um the only other thing I have to talk about is me and Neek went to see Air on Friday night. I want to hear what you thought. I really liked it. You I did. can't tell a lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was I really know, good. It. it was um, starring Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, directed by Ben Affleck. The story of Nike's um, creation and deal of the – Air Jordan sneaker the year that Michael Jordan got drafted into the NBA. Um, So it's just a really good story. I mean, 
an IP that still I feel like is very relevant today. People like buy Air Jordans. They wait for yeah. the drops. They like collect, collect them. them. Like my husband mm-hmm. loves them. Um, and like going all the way back to 1984 when they were created, I just thought like I never really – I guess we weren't born, so I didn't ever really think about the story or like know what Mm -hmm. happened in that way. But there was a lot of creative choices that were made in like telling the story. Like they didn't really show Michael Jordan like at all in the movie. It's kind of like the back of his head or like his hand, but it's not like Mm -hmm. he's like on screen talking and being Michael Jordan, which I thought was like a really good decision Mm -hmm. because otherwise the movie would then become about like, the actor that's portraying Michael Jordan or what and whether or not they did a good job, which right. wasn't really like the story they were telling. So basically the protagonists of the story are Matt Damon, who's like a scout, I guess, recruiter for Nike. And he goes out and he tries to get deals done with athletes, basically. Mm-hmm. And apparently in the 80s, like Nike wasn't the like number one option for basketball shoes. Mm -hmm. They were the number one option for running shoes, but like Converse and Adidas were like kind of more popular for athletes to wear in basketball games. So it was kind of like an underdog story. I think people make fun of it because it's like they weren't really underdogs. They were still like a massive corporation that sold like the most running shoes out of like any, any of the shoe empires. But um, they they frame it as an underdog story, basically, right. like as if if we don't make this deal, like our basketball division is going to get like closed down, basically. Um, yeah. And it was just like the script was really funny. The pacing was really good. Um, I did have a couple of quips like there was this one part and it's supposed to be set in 1984 and they did a really good job with like the clothes and the sets and stuff but there was this one part where this um secretary like pops up and she doesn't I think she has like one line I think she has like one line but like when she showed up I was like oh her makeup looks like 2023 like TikTok makeup like (laughs) it completely took me out of like the 1980s (laughs) like I don't know. Like, it just was funny to me. I don't, it's probably not funny. something that anybody else noticed, but I yeah. was like, okay. It's niche for us makeup girls. Yeah, I was like, that's Charlotte Tilbury. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's the contour one. <laughs> um, and oh, yeah, Ben Affleck's wig was really funny, but I mean, I don't think it was supposed to be like really good or anything. Yeah. Um, they were kind of like making fun of, not making fun of, but like the, C- he plays CEO of Nike, Phil Knight. And I think he was like supposed to be kind of like a really eccentric, cool, like young, not like a tech, like now it would be the equivalent of like a tech CEO, like, mm-hmm. you know, um, so his, yeah. he just looked kind of like aged. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's Ben Affleck. Right. um, But yeah, Viola Davis, I think, was my favorite part. Like, I Mm -hmm. honestly almost wish they had made, because Viola Davis plays Michael Jordan's mother, who apparently was, like, the backbone of, like, making his deals. Because at this point, he was, like, 19. He was just, Mm -hmm. like, finishing college and going into the NBA. And so she was kind of, like his manager like making these deals and like basically he just listened to whatever she said and right there's a really good scene where 
I mean, I don't want to give too much away, but like she's like negotiating the deal and like I just like really liked that scene and <laughs> yeah, she does a really good job. Um, but yeah, I, I recommend her. it. Like it wasn't too long. It was like, yeah. like everybody in the theater was like laughing and like enjoy, seemed to enjoy it. Um, oh, good. Yeah. I do want to see it. Yeah. Yeah. I go through phases of like wanting to go to the theater and not, and right now I'm in a not. <laughs> so I'm like, maybe I'll just wait till it drops on Prime. But yeah, I definitely do want to watch it. Yeah. It was good. I recommend it. That's Did air. you give it a rating? Oh, I did. I think I gave it four. Nice. Yeah, I gave it four stars and I said, sign me TF up for negotiating 101 with Dolores Jordan. <laughs> Hell yeah. But oh, I love Viola. I know. She's so good. Well, good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. Something I can, something to see at the theater <laughs> these days. I also want to see um, 1001 with Tiana Taylor. Have you seen the previews for that? Mm-mm. It's only in limited release right now, I think, because it's only showing at the Alamo Draft House I don't like. <laughs> we hate that one. <laughs> and they, that's the one that always gets like the smaller movies, I feel like, because the one mm-hmm. that I do like is more in like a family neighborhood. So they have like the kids' movies and then the big releases. And mm-hmm. then this other one is more like where younger people live, but it's just like shittier. And I'm like, <sighs> yeah. Update your chairs and I'll go. <laughs> Give me some better chairs. Yeah. Yeah. So I know we had wanted to talk about some trailers that got released for movies that we're excited about. Um, yeah. So obviously, the first one being the Barbie trailer that got released last week to yes. a lot of fanfare. Some um, genius marketing. Yeah. Yeah, Thank it was. God. It went viral, and there was some fun, like interactive things that you could do with the um, posters, which we did on our Instagram. If you want to follow us at Watching Up Pod, you can yeah. see our Barbie, Barbie posters. But um, yeah, what did you think of the trailer? I thought it looked very about what I expected. Like, as f- it looked very kind of like campy, mm-hmm. which is what we want. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I did the, like the whole cast that was released. I was like, I didn't know like most of these people were in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just got very excited. The moment where <laughs> she like steps out of her heels mm-hmm. and her feet like maintain the shape iconic. of her shoes. I was like, yes. I was like, absolutely yes. I was like, okay, they understand. <laughs> they understood the assignment. <laughs> yeah. And I just have, I have like the utmost faith in Greta Gerwig. So she has a great like sense of humor. And so I just feel like she's gonna pull it off. I don't yeah, know. Absolutely. Like you? even like... Those, I don't think we even saw like a small fraction of what's in the movie, but the stuff that they put in the trailer was like making me LOL. So I was like, yeah, I feel like this is going to be so good. And they understand like I saw people on Twitter like not understanding the joke with like this Barbie's a mermaid, this Barbie's this, this Barbie's that. And then he's like, he's just Ken. And I was like, if you don't understand that. Then don't go see the movie. <laughs> She's too old for you, bro. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, totally. No, I loved it. The nostalgia and then, yeah, just like all of the the aesthetic. It's just so bright and happy. And then and everybody like, yeah, saying that world. Ryan Gosling is too old to be Ken can fuck off. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> no, I think he's going to be good. Yeah. And I it, don't think it's it, supposed to be like, it's not as much about his looks. It's about his like persona yeah. and like right. what he or does or does not bring to the table. So, yeah. Um, and watching the trailer just brought me back to, uh, it just reminded me a lot of Life Size, which mm-hmm. I love. And I'm well, like, yeah, I want to. I want to go back to that world and live in it for a little bit. Yeah. Sounds fun. (laughs) Yeah. It might be a cathartic experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that it's crazy that to me, it's crazy that there was ever anybody who was going to play Barbie other than Margot Robbie. I know. Because she's the perfect Barbie. Wasn't there a point where like Amy Schumer was cast? That was, okay, so that was something that I think was happening, but it was a completely different project. Like it wasn't a Greta Gerwig Barbie. It was like a different movie that just never Uh, got greenlit. So I don't like, I don't like it when I see people saying that like, imagine if this was Amy Schumer. I'm like, I don't think it ever was going to be her in this movie. Like y'all can calm down. (laughs) And even if it was like, I I wouldn't complain about it, but I'm just saying like, if you're going to make Barbie into a real living person, like Margot Robbie. What Greta Gerwig (laughs) should do is have her do a a version of Barbie and have her make a cameo because that would be hilarious. Yeah, that'd be so funny. Um, Uh, But yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. Oh, we all we all know we're excited. Yeah, and then they had yeah they had like we mentioned the like generator mm-hmm. that you could like put your picture into, and mm-hmm. I just love it. I love a good old fashioned generator <laughs> where like you, know? you go to the website and like upload stuff. Yeah, and it makes a thing for you. <laughs> it really does make a difference in marketing, like being able to like interact with the IP and like mm-hmm. being able to feel like you're part of the rollout of whatever is going on like yeah it's always fun definitely definitely and then the other trailer that dropped was Wes Anderson's Asteroid City we kind of touched on that last week when we talked about um raising Arizona but yeah yeah it's very Wes Anderson-y <laughs> it looks the most Wes Anderson that Wes Anderson has ever Wes Anderson yeah <laughs> <laughs> we can, yeah, we'll get, probably get into that more when we do watching up. But um, I did think it was notable that I feel like Tom Hanks is in the Bill, Bill Murray, Murray, what what would have been a Bill Murray role. Yeah. Um, what happened with Bill Murray? Do you know? I think that I I was I have been kind of confused about it too because he always had this reputation of being like a nice guy who could pop up anywhere at any moment and just like have mm-hmm. a conversation with you or whatever like that. Mm-hmm. And then I guess some of like his problematic stuff came out. What out but of, what came out? Do I don't know? know. We can I do more exactly. research because I think, I, yeah, I think it was just a matter of like people who had worked with him had had like bad experiences. Mm. We'll do more research. We'll report back. But um, yeah, I thought that was of note. Um, Notably absent from this project. The kid who plays Jason Schwartzman's son, who looks exactly like him. Mm -hmm. Um, He was in the movie um, Eighth Grade. 
Oh, yeah. And he, like, stole the show in that movie. He has, like, the best scene in that movie. He's also been in another, I think, um, Wes Anderson movie, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah, he. It's kind of like shocking how much he looks like Jason Schwartzman. <laughs> yeah, just an all-star cast. Yeah, as always. there's so many people. Some in newcomers. It. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. It just is very like deserty, very like saturated blues and oranges mm-hmm. and greens and um, kind of like wide open spaces. It mm-hmm. looks like it's gonna look cool. And Scarlett Johansson, who I feel like I haven't seen in something for a while i feel like she hasn't Mm -hmm. been working as much um yeah yeah Yeah. i'm excited so we will be seated we will be seated for that all right well that rolls really nicely into our watching up nepo baby edition where this week okay so in case we have any new listeners maybe i should explain what watching up is so when we started this podcast our kind of goal was to uh really get out of our comfort zone with like the content we're watching i had kind of gotten more into watching films um over the last three or four years um with more of a critical eye towards filmmaking and just everything that goes into it and i know that there's so many films like rachel knows there's so many films that I haven't seen and kind of just catching up with like some of the film history that I've kind of missed out on throughout my whole life. So that's where watching up comes in. And so each week we assign each other a film or a TV show or a piece of content that we haven't seen um, so that we can kind of broaden our horizons. So um, this week or last week, our theme of the week was Nepo Babies. And so Rachel assigned me the Royal Tenenbaums because I had only seen two Wes Anderson movies. And this is kind of like, would you say it's kind of like his hallmark? Like when this came out, it was kind of like, okay, this is Wes Anderson. This is who Mm -hmm. he is, you know? Yeah. I think it's like his quintessential movie. Um, So let me pull up the... All right. So the Royal Tenenbaums was a 2001 film directed by Wes Anderson. The synopsis says, Family isn't a word, it's a sentence. Royal Tenenbaum and his wife, Ethelene, had three children and and then they separated. All three children are extraordinary, all geniuses. Virtually all memory of the brilliance of the young Tenenbaums was subsequently erased by two decades of betrayal, failure, and disaster. Most of this was generally considered to be their father's fault. The Royal Tenenbaums is the story of the family's sudden, unexpected reunion one recent winter. Um... It stars Gene Hackman, Angelica Houston, Ben Stiller, Gwyneth Paltrow, Luke Wilson, Owen Wilson, Bill Murray, Danny Glover, and a bunch of other people. Oh, and Alec Baldwin's the narrator, which I I knew like for some reason in my head when the narrator started talking, I thought it was Bill Murray mm-hmm. for the whole movie. And then at the end mm-hmm. when I saw Alec Baldwin, I was like, oh, that was Alec Baldwin. Like, I don't know why yeah. I thought <laughs> It was they do Bill Murray. sound alike, though. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Basically, um, I liked this movie. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Like, it was a lot more kind of melancholy than I thought it was going to be. Very melancholy, yeah. Because, <laughs> like, you see, like, the pictures and the stills of his movies, and they're always, like, so, like, bright and, like, colorful. Mm-hmm. And the sets and the wallpaper, and, you know, it's very yeah. aesthetic. But, like, the undertones of this movie were very, very sad. Um, mm-hmm. And um, 
I don't know that I fully grasped what was like what the story he was trying to tell was like while I was watching it. And then mm-hmm. afterwards I started like reading some reviews and I think that synopsis like told a really good story too about like how when, sometimes when you're a kid you get an idea in your head that you're somehow like very special or like extraordinary and then kind of like you live your life and you kind of realize that's not necessarily the case or like there's Mm -hmm. a lot of people in the world that are special or maybe everybody is. So um, like once I kind of read that, I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Like that's Mm -hmm. where like the underlying kind of like depression comes from because when you meet or when you like start when the movie starts and they talk about the kids and then like you kind of meet the kids as adults they're kind of all not doing very well (laughs) so Mm -hmm. um at first I wasn't like really fully I guess like I said understanding but with that like background in mind I kind of got where he was going with it and Mm -hmm. um obviously I really like the aesthetic and the sets I think were like the house was like my favorite part Mm mm-hmm but um, I think throughout the years, he's like even honed that a little bit more. Not a little bit yeah. more, a lot more. Because like if you watch the trailer for Asteroid City, it is so like detailed. Like every single shot is a picture. <laughs> you know, like every single thing is thought about. There's not like one right. like hair out of place. Not that there's hairs yeah. out of place in this, but it didn't look as fully realized as I think maybe was in his mind, I guess. Yeah. Um, If that makes sense, which I'm sure Mm -hmm. he would go back to and look at it and be like, you know, I would today I would do this. But it was he was I watched a video of him like directing this movie. He was so young. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Like Gene Hackman. I didn't expect to see him in this movie Um, because I guess I've never really seen. I've always seen like pictures of. Gwyneth Paltrow and Luke Wilson mm-hmm. and Owen Wilson and Ben Stiller in this movie, but I guess I'd never really seen the parents. Um, so I was like, is that, that's Gene Hackman. I was like, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cause I just wouldn't have expected him to be in like a Wes Anderson a movie. Wes Anderson. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for um, sure. And Angelica Houston, I love always and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and the soundtrack so good. It is good. It's very yeah, his good. His early movies all have like really great soundtracks. It's one of the things I love about them. Yeah, a lot of Beatles. He loves the kinks. Yeah, like really Stones. like sad, like emotional yeah. songs. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, I really liked it. I, 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 I might need to watch it again just to like now that I know what the like – what the message is, not the message, just yeah. like what he's trying to like capture. Um, right. Uh, I liked it. And then the one, my note was um, Justice for Buckley, uh-huh. which is the twins, or not the twins, uh, Ben Stiller's sons have a dog named Buckley and he survived the plane crash. But then at the end, he gets hit by the car. Oh, yeah. I and I, and about then that. immediately <laughs> they're like, here's a new dog. And I was like, that dog survived a plane (laughs) crash and then you're just gonna kill him at the end of the movie like i was pissed bring buckley back seriously i felt that was i felt that was highly unnecessary (laughs) um (laughs) (laughs) no yeah i i love that the way that the synopsis put that like you said Mm -hmm. just about and i feel like it's especially um I don't know if Wes Anderson's a millennial. He might be Gen X, but I feel like especially for like Gen X and millennial 
experience. Like it's very much something that we can relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, just by the way we were brought up where I feel like it was kind of uniquely, you know, before that coming into boomers becoming parents, like they were very much kind of like telling their children how special they are and how much they love them, which wasn't necessarily maybe what they got growing up. Mm -hmm. And so since like our generation was always told like how, how special you are and like, you're so good at this and this. Mm -hmm. And then with the rise of like social media and everything, we're all kind of realizing like, oh no, there's a lot of people out there who are like very talented and much more talented than like I am or like whatever. And also like talent, sometimes talent doesn't manifest itself. Like you, you have to cultivate your talent and like work on it and like really dedicate yourself to it because you can't just like wake up one day and be like, I'm this because I want to be this, like, you know? Yeah. Um, But it is a very, and you know, depression is like a, a huge thing nowadays and like anxiety and like all of that kind of stuff. And it's like, no wonder because like we have all this exposure to see all of these different people and like all of these different things that they're doing and things that people have access to that we don't have access to and like Mm -hmm. all of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And it kind of just like all makes sense. But I feel like this movie is an interesting kind of uh, representation of that. Yeah, for sure. Sometimes with his characters, they're almost so emotionless or like the way that he has them kind of act is very specific, his style, and they're kind of like monotone and like don't Mm -hmm. really like show emotion. So sometimes to me, and I know I I get that's like his like shtick, but like to me, sometimes that can be a turnoff because I'm like, I therefore am not like really emotionally connected to this character. And I've learned, and that's one good, another good thing about what I found doing this podcast is like before I always, like, I never really knew, like, when someone would ask me, like, what do you like? What kind of movies do you like? Or what kind of art do you, like, gravitate towards? I never really had, like, specific answers or I never really thought Mm -hmm. about it that much. So, like, watching all these different movies and kind of um, sifting out what I do like and what is not really for me, like, I realized I'm more of, like, I want to connect emotionally with a character and yeah. a story and like that and I love the the aesthetic part of it too like the photography and the colors and all that stuff but um it it really helped me to like know that that was the underlying kind of theme of the yeah. movie was like that feeling that we all kind of have right. like once we become you can adults grasp onto yeah. It. Yeah, yeah exactly totally and I think also what you said was interesting about how his style has kind of like progressed over the years and also been honed like he I feel like even from the beginning like he's had a unique style but it's become like so so signature mm-hmm. um and I that made me think like I wonder if um his working in claymation had anything to do with that or like in stop motion because Mm -hmm. that is such a detail like it's like such a grueling and detailed process Mm -hmm. and I'm like yeah that's probably like what helped him hone those skills oh for sure and I I guess I didn't even realize that he 
had that background, but that makes so much sense because every single shot in a claymation movie has to be like just so and like you have to put things like in the right place and they like if anything's out of place it's noticeable so I think he like carries that over into his like photography for his for his films for sure I was just thinking of Fantastic Mr. Fox and I don't think he's actually an animator but he might be for all Mm -hmm. I know but just even just directing those types of movies Mm -hmm. yeah or maybe it was like um, a back, like a reverse. Like he was so interested in like making sure like his photography was just so that he was like, oh, this would carry over nicely to a cl- and clay yeah. animation like movie, like you know. So that's why he decided right. to do that. And also Isle of Dogs too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Very interesting. I always, I don't know. I'm always just drawn to auteurs that. Like, I want to be able to see your film and know mm-hmm. it's your film without mm-hmm. knowing it's your film. Like, like, if you saw a screenshot from any Wes Anderson, probably after Royal Tenenbaums, you would know. You would it was know, Russ for Anderson. sure. Yeah. Yeah. So good. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. Now you've seen three Wes Anderson movies. Now I've seen three, and I also want to I want to see Asteroid City when it comes out, and I think I want to go back and watch The French Dispatch soon. Yeah, that one was good. It was a little bit of a... A little bit of a divergence for him as far as like structure. Mm -hmm. So you'll have to let me know what you think. Okay. Okay. So my turn. This week I got to watch um, the first episode of The Last of Us. And I literally finished it right before we sat down, like the second before. She was crying. I cried. (laughs) Quiet. Girl. Um, (laughs) hold on let me pull this up okay so I'm not gonna lie like I was kind of like watching this in a rush and I was trying to like finish up some other tasks while it was playing Mm -hmm. so I was kind of like doing other stuff um but I watched uh only the first episode it's called when you're lost in the darkness and um I'm trying to see like who directs it apparently I'm not gonna get that information easy easily um, so it stars the show stars um, Pedro Pascal and um, his daughter, I guess, is played by Tandy Way Newton's daughter, mm-hmm. um, which is awesome. Like she looks exactly like her. <laughs> as soon as I saw so her, I was pretty. like, she's yeah, she's the one. Mm-hmm. Um, but the episode opens in 1968 with a clip of this like talk show where there's these two scientists talking about kind of the phenomenon of like pandemics and what to like watch out for and all of that kind of stuff. And one of the guys is just talking about like how viruses can spread. But then the other guy brings up the idea that what we really should be afraid of is uh, fungus. And if that, if that ends up uh, evolving into something that can overtake us, then like basically we have no chance of surviving it. Mm -hmm. And so guess what happened? <laughs> guess what happened? We flash forward to 2003 um, in Austin, which mm-hmm. I didn't know it was opening in Austin. Um, 2003. So 9-11 is still looming over the country. And um, we see Pedro Pascal and his daughter. He's a single dad by from what we can tell and uh, he works with his brother and they they all leave to go about their days and um, the daughter gets called over to the neighbor's house after school I guess mm-hmm. um, 
where they have, it's like an older couple who lives with one of their older, much older parents who's kind of, she's like uh, basically catatonic, it seems like. like and so, um, so she goes over there and something weird starts happening. Like the, the old lady in the wheelchair kind of starts acting weird. And then she leaves um, and they go about their evening. And um, Pedro Pascal ends up having to leave in late at night to go pick up his brother from jail. And he's like, you know, he, ends, he had his brother like beat up somebody basically who was acting crazy. And then he got sent to jail. And on the phone, it's kind of like you can get an inkling from his voice that like he's like people are like acting crazy or something like that. And it's also um, like it's not the first time he's had to bail his brother out of jail. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, all right, whatever, I'll come get you. So he leaves his daughter sleeping. And then she wakes up in the middle of the night to like helicopters and like ambulances, sirens and stuff. She goes outside and it's kind of like dead. And then she goes inside her neighbor's house and finds the older couple killed by the much older woman who's like basically like crouching over one of them, like eating them. And so she's like, what the fuck and she like runs out it was really scary because that woman was like like she was like like something coming out of her mouth yeah it was gross so it's like clearly something has infected her and is like causing her to because she couldn't move before so Mm -hmm. if she's like actively running and like eating people it's like something has overtaken her body something's not right (laughs) something (laughs) is afoot (laughs) and so uh she runs out of the house the old lady almost gets her but then she gets knocked out by pedro pascal who gets there like just in the nick of time and he takes her they're they're all in a panic and he's like something has broken out and like is infecting people um so they go on this they're like rushing to get basically just as far away as possible they don't know what to do because you know no one knows what's actually happening Mm -hmm. so they try to leave the state and there's traffic and so they go off road they go through a field and then um and then they end up in like the city center kind of um and this is where i always love this shit whenever the the type of shots where it's like you're watching it as if you were a passenger in the car Mm -hmm. and like you're looking around like seeing what is going on Mm -hmm. around them and it's almost as if like you're experiencing it yourself which is very a very effective like method of showing that it's like they did it in um, A Quiet Place Part 2. Have you seen yeah, that? Yeah, that's what, that's what I thought of. I also thought of another famous example, which will come up later. <laughs> okay. So, um, so, yeah, there's this whole like sequence where you're seeing basically everyone losing their minds, panicking, and then you look up and see like a plane come crashing down in the middle of downtown Austin. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so their car flips over. Um, the daughter has hurt her ankle. And so it's just this whole like chaotic scene. Like Pedro Pascal has to scoop her up. They get separated from his brother who has the gun and they have to basically run. And then they run into this officer who um, who like makes them stop and like tells them they can't move. And then he calls some on the like a walkie talkie. He like calls his 
I don't know, supervisor or mm-hmm. something and like tells them the situation. And then clearly he gets like the go ahead to basically kill them because no one knows like who's infected and who's not. And so he shoots at them. They go tumbling. And then and then Pedro Pascal is still alive. And he's like, please, like we're not infected. And then the guy is about to shoot him when his brother comes in and kills the officer. Mm-hmm. So Pedro Pascal survives. And then we see that his daughter is not okay so she is like bleeding she's been hit by the bullet and she's bleeding out and she does pass away which was the part that I cried at Mm -hmm. I was like no I was trying not to like last week I was like her daughter's in the show (laughs) (laughs) you were like how many do I need to watch I was like just one Yeah, so that was really sad. Like, I was like, no, I knew I had a feeling that she was like gonna die, but Mm -hmm. because the whole promotion for the show is not her, it's it's not her, yeah. So, um, so we and then from that scene, we go and it's 20 years later, Mm -hmm. and so we're in kind of like a post apocalyptic set. Um, world where people are kind of like they know what they're doing now and they have this whole process and like all of that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um so you might I don't know you might need to like fill in some gaps here because I don't it might be the kind of thing where like more context comes like the more I watch it oh yeah but yeah, but yeah it seems like there there was a part where so when we open on 20 years later, it shows this kid who has found his way. They're living in Boston. So mm-hmm. he's found his way into like the main uh, civilization part of Boston. And then they end up taking him and giving him some shots. And then they put him in a, f- like they throw him in a fire. Yeah. So uh, when he shows up at the, at the headquarters, they like test him and he's positive. Like they do, oh, okay. they hold that thing where it's like red or green against his oh, skin. Okay. I didn't and so catch it turns that. red. That means he's infected. So it's like so they, they like tell him. him he's going to be okay, but they have to put him down basically. Okay. And then like it shows like Joel like is working as kind of like just a whatever the government needs done that day type of person yeah. to like kind of make pennies and it they show like somebody else couldn't like throw the kid in the fire because they it was too like morally yeah yeah. they just like couldn't do it and he was like fine it's it's just trying to show like how like hardened he's become like over the last 20 years (laughs) right okay so that makes sense and so um after that week we meet this girl the young girl who is like being kept uh in quarantine i guess away from people before mm-hmm. they can like make sure she's in fact not infected mm-hmm. and she's got like a, she's like a feisty one mm-hmm. and so <laughs> she finally um i guess gets the okay to like be released but is like Pedro Pascal and his like partner i guess kind of like swoop her up and take them with them on their mission. Yeah, so basically, <laughs> okay, so in this like current time after a lot of the population has been wiped out and like there's a lot of fungus zombies basically everywhere. There's mm-hmm. the government which is called Fedra and they're mm-hmm. the ones that have set up like these cities like these like walled off fortresses where people like Safe areas. yeah, can live and like they have like 
government schools and like government hospitals. And then there's this other group of people called the fireflies. Okay. Yeah. Who are kind of like insurrectionists who like Got it. want to take back like their freedoms and don't think that the government's running things like the best way possible. So they're kind of like working under the cover of night and like sneaking around and like making deals and stuff. So the fireflies have captured um, Bella Ramsey's character because she's so, in some way, shape, or form special. Okay. I don't know if it tells you that in like the first episode. So when they were about to like flee um, with her, they like test her and she's positive mm-hmm. and it looks like like on her arm, it looks like she's been infected, yeah. but she was like, if it like I would have died by now, basically. Right. So like they have been watching her and she hasn't like turned. Usually you would yeah. turn into like a zombie within like a day or two. And she hasn't. So they're just like, okay, there's She's something. Special. Yeah, there's something like special about her. We need to get her like across the country to like test or like to maybe like come up with a cure or something. Okay. So that's why they take her and they're like, well, you can have this car battery, but you have to take her with you. Like that's like the barter they make. Um, okay. So because they're trying to go find his brother. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, so that's basically where the, the episode ends is like they, they have to kill the security guard because he's trying to stop them. Um, and then they get away and are, I guess, going off to find his brother. Yeah. Did it make you like yeah. want to keep watching? Yeah, okay. I think I'll definitely watch the rest of it. Okay. And especially like episode three, I've heard a lot of things about. <laughs> so so okay, so like one thing there. I think like you kind of mentioned it is like that scene like from the time where like his daughter wakes up in her bed and like you can mm-hmm. kind of see like helicopters flying like it almost is like one a like single shot, shot following her and then into the car yeah. and then you it's like that kind of like action sequence oh it just like gets me juice. like it gets me like on the edge of my seat like I remember <laughs> That's like the juice yeah like watching it like that I was, was like oh my god oh my god oh my god that was literally the point where I was like like I said I was like kind of trying to do a little work and stuff but that was the point where I like put my phone down and I was like okay I have to watch yeah this. you have to pay attention because it just like <laughs> yeah you in so well and like I think like it's it's really hard to pull off action that well and in the Mm -hmm. same breath be able to pull off drama in the way that they do it because like like yeah I know you've heard episode three is like really really good it's not because of like action it's like it's like the story the like emotional hook like the drama like so I just think Mm -hmm. it's like so like spectacular that they can do both like in the same series like so yeah, I'm excited sure. for you to keep watching. Me too. And it remind it was reminding me a lot of um the show that came out like last year, Station Eleven. Uh-huh. Um yeah, it really it, reminds it gave me a lot of, of those vibes. 11, yeah. Less I think Station Eleven was less like action packed. Right. So I like that this show has that element. Um so I'm excited to keep watching. Yeah, it's really good. I kind of yeah. want to watch it. And I mean, Pedro Pascal is kind of like so memed at this point, but he's so good. He's though. very like, good. He really when she it. died, I was yeah. like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> Did you know that he grew up in San Antonio? No. Yeah, I saw a, a clip where they were interviewing him at South by Southwest, and they were talking, asking him about like if he liked like the tacos in Austin or whatever, and he was like, "Well, I grew up in San Antonio, yeah, and honestly, no the tacos there are better." And I was like, <laughs> 
I didn't know. So I guess, yeah, his parents emigrated from Chile to San Antonio. That's so cool. Yo. Well, well, he's ours, ladies. (laughs) He's a San Antonio king. (laughs) (laughs) Love Um, him. But yeah, I'm excited to like see, to like get into, especially like the Bella Ramsey character Mm -hmm. and see like what her deal is and all of that kind of stuff. She honestly, that character took a little bit to like grow on me because she is so like, uh, what's the word, feisty or like, I don't know. She's just very she's got I mean, if you think about it, she was born after all of this. So she's yeah. only grown up in like this like dingy, horrific dirty, world. not well run, <laughs> horrific like world. And I guess you'll you'll find out more about like her family and stuff, but okay. like I mean, yeah. She took a little to bit like for me more. to be like, Okay, yeah. do I really care if this little bitch lizard dies? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, totally. I can yeah. see that. Uh, by the end I was like Oh yeah. Yay, I'm excited. And this actually will lead perfectly into our assignments if you wanna yeah. go ahead and go into those. So this week uh we were having a really hard time coming up with a theme. So we're going back to our old faithful of where we look at each other's letterboxed watch lists and assign something from that. So yeah. I think we figure that's a good place to go if we aren't like inspired to do an actual theme. So, yeah. So, I went to, I actually was, I pulled up this movie while I was watching The Last of Us because it reminded me so much of it. Mm-hmm. And then I saw that it was on your watch list. And so I was like, all right, well, my, my work here is done. I know what I'm going to assign you. Um, and so we've been speaking about these shots of like one shot, like of all of this action and all of this suspense. And there's a very famous example of that in Alfonso Caron's Children of Men. Oh, and okay, yeah. It's a very similar vibe to The Last of Us where it's like this this post-apocalyptic world where there's this one person who like holds the key to whatever. Okay. Um, I don't want to give too much away, but So that's I of- recently put that on my watch list because I saw a thread on Twitter and like the prompt was like, what's a movie that like changed the way you think or the way you look at the world or something. And people were saying that movie and I was like, okay, I've never seen that. Yeah. (laughs) It's really good. And it's kind of like one of those where it's like, I don't know. You would like look at it and be like, why did Rachel watch that? (laughs) But I actually like really liked it. I remember when it came out, um, we were probably like in high school or college, Mm -hmm. but, um, I remember being like, I don't understand what that movie's about yeah. and like not and not really like thinking twice about it. Yeah. Um, and I think if you like The Last of Us, then I feel pretty confident that you're gonna like fall for this movie too. So Okay, I'm Yeah, excited. that'll be what you're watching this week. Okay. <laughs> On the diametric opposite of that spectrum, <laughs> um <laughs> I'm going to assign you Turning Red. Oh, okay. Just because I just really liked that. It's like lighthearted, fun vibes. And um, we've been talking a lot about the Jonas Brothers and (laughs) our fandom. And there's a scene in this movie that really like I feel like encapsulates what it feels like to be a pubescent teen girl like seeing your favorite band for the first time yeah Yeah. (laughs) so I think you'll really like it yeah I've been wanting to watch this 
Mm-hmm. I feel like you're just gonna have to assign me all the animated movies that I've quote you're not unquote been wanting to yeah. watch. Yeah. Well, I was so, like, I was. Uh, uh, you need to add more movies to your watch list too, because I'm like yeah. running out of ones that yeah, I've actually to, seen. We we probably should both go through and like make sure we have a good representation of what we want to watch. Yeah. So we can keep doing this. But awesome. yay, exciting. Exciting. All right. Can't wait. Well, thanks everybody for spending the time with us here on the Watching Up podcast. We are really grateful for each and every one of you. If you want to email us, uh, we have an email at watchinguppod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at watchinguppod. We'll be posting some stuff. We be posting, y'all. We try. You're missing out if you don't <laughs> follow us. Yeah. <laughs> and you can interact with us. Whatever yeah. You maybe like. one day we'll have our own Barbie generator that you can put your yeah. face into. You can suggest <laughs> movies that you like that maybe we haven't seen. You mm-hmm. can do whatever you like. Yes, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> All right. Love you, sis. Love you. Thanks for watching up with me. Thanks for watching up with me. See you next week. Bye. Bye. No, no, that's all I have to say.